Hello friends, Streety here, just with a heads up, we recorded this episode on Thursday night, early Friday morning, news broke about Zion Williamson's knee injury, and how that may affect the start to his NBA season, we had some nets and Zion takes during this preview, so when that time comes, do know that we know that he is injured, enjoy the show. Hey, uh, Streety. Hey, Macca. We're bam, back for bam, episode bam, number 30-something, 32. 32. We're one off the favourite number, Scotty Pippen's 33. This is the Magic Johnson episode, 32. Yeah, don't touch it too much with your penis because you'll get AIDS. It's <laughs> 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 a good way to start a show, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You're welcome. Well, tonight is the much-awaited... NBA preview. People have been asking this. When's your NBA preview coming? Who's been asking that? Tonight is tonight. Really? It's people tonight. have been asking that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I've been that's getting cool. People have been sliding into my DMs. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> asking, oh, wow. hey, Streety, when is this NBA preview coming? When we need to, is the NBA? We want to know what you think about this season coming up. Does it count that you were the one sending you the same message? No, no, no you can't send yourself a DM. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, now we're not on our own here tonight, Streety. We've no. got a very favoured member of the panel back. He, he's actually made his way back from Melbourne. Missed his flight and he had to walk. And it's taken him two weeks the to work back The work experience kid Nuggets back from the AFL Grand Final. Nugget, how do you feel, mate? A uh, little less dusty than the last couple of weeks. But I was saying before, uh, top three hangovers, that one. It was a very, very big one. But uh, top three hangovers, but probably one of the bottom three results in terms of the Giants' uh, history. The boys didn't turn up on the day. Um, but was the AFL Grand Final worth it for you anyway? Yeah, lest we forget. But uh, look, you got to lose one to win one, and so that loss should—that uh, loss should equate to probably about six Grand Finals. So look out, here we come. But no, it was absolutely magic. Um, flew down the morning of, had a extremely large day. But um, oh, the AFL just do it so well. Uh, 100,000 people in the MCG, packed house, and that's where it stopped being good. But uh, everything else, yeah, just lights out awesome. So as Giants fan number one, you'll be back next year. Do you think they overachieved, underachieved, or did what they were supposed to do this year? When I say supposed to, like, contend. Grand final, I think, overs. Um, I knew we'd make finals. I thought maybe win one. Um, if we were lucky, but to make a grand final, look, yeah, you, you'll take that as a as a big win. Yeah, so. I got to say, I kind of thought their window had closed once they'd lost Dylan Shiel and a few other guys at the end of the year. But I don't follow them that much to know, you know, whether losing those guys affected their list that, you know, significantly. But it didn't look like it. It do, it does a little bit feel like uh, I know you were joking around when you said they got to lose one to win one. It does feel a little bit like you haven't earned it necessarily if you get there and win on the first time. And I'm not so sure that the passionate AFL fan, even if they weren't a fan of either Richmond or GWS, would like like I'm a, I'm a big fan of an underdog, and I would have liked to seen GWS have a win. But it does kind of feel a little bit like now you might have earned it a little bit more. Like does it do, like do you feel like being in a grand final? brings legitimacy to GWS as a franchise? Because there's been a lot of questions about 
the amount of tra- draft concessions that they get, the amount of help that they've had from the league to set themselves up, which you have to have when you're trying to build a franchise. But how do you feel like making the grand final will impact on this club going forward? Yeah, I think huge. Um, and, I mean, you talk about concessions and things like that. I mean, the Suns have had the exactly the same amount of concessions. You did touch on last episode, boys, of uh, you can't concession just to be shit. <laughs> Got to get rid of them. They don't deserve they to be terrible, there. As the cursed, the curse goes on there. But, yeah, no, I think it, it does sort of cement their place in terms of legitimacy in the league and, you know, they've done the right things. Next year will be interesting. Um, lost a bit of cattle. At the same time, we've pretty much just got draft picks for everything we've traded for, which is interesting, but it clears up cap space. Um, Patton going, I think, is a good thing. He's been a liability the last couple, or a paycheck, and that's all we've got given him. So, so yeah, mate, um, good Where's times Where's he off ahead. to? Uh, is it Hawthorne? Hawthorne yeah. Why is it that Hawthorne and Richmond get all the players... From the Gold Coast and the Giants. It seems like they all go there. Uh, one of those two clubs. I think going home. Is that just because they're the current glamour Victorian clubs and they just want a slice of the in, in a way, the I high guess, life? as well. In a way, I guess. Why um, doesn't anyone go to the Western Bulldogs? Like, why? how come that's not a choice? They're a, you know, they were a premiership club a couple of years ago. Yeah, but you, yeah, you talk about windows. Their windows well and truly shut at the moment. They show glimpses, but... Yeah, I, th- I think it is just that. I can't that imagine Hawthorne is a, well, I guess it's in the city of Melbourne, so they just live everywhere, but, you know. It's, it's that case, though, of, you know, if you've got offers on the table from, let's say, Penrith, Roosters or Melbourne Storm, you're going to go to a Roosters or Melbourne Storm. It's that glamour glamour part of. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you have 50Ks between Penrith and, and Bondi. Yeah. But like Footscray to, yeah. to Hawthorne's. Half an hour. Look, I don't know. Could come down to exactly that facilities. Money yeah. would play a part, you would think. But, but yeah, good times ahead for the Giants, boys. Up the Giants. All right. Well, uh, the AFL do it well. One thing they do the w- trade period well. That just finished yesterday. Yeah. That was like that was draft pick city. Like you said, Nugget GWS picked up a few draft picks. But bloody hell, like if you went down and had a look at the upcoming national draft and saw how many picks were traded back and forth. I don't know that anybody was left with the original pick they were given. Uh, I think it was like, yeah, well, we're going to go up and we're going to go down. And Mate, I, I tell you what, do you know what I kind of feel like? AFL players and rugby league players love the NBA and the American sports. I reckon some of the executives at the AFL clubs got a little <laughs> bit carried away with wanting to get involved in trades. You're like, yeah, I'll trade you seven for nine and then nine for eight. And so then in the end, I've gone from seven to eight. Like, I don't think it's really that big a deal. Oh, but anyway, yeah. So if we talk of the talk about the showcase of the AFL season being done well and the trade period being done well and mm. all that sort of stuff, one thing that hasn't been done well in the last couple of weeks was the NRL not doing their grand well. final. Well, yeah, 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 yep, yep. So with the Canberra Raiders losing in controversial circumstances to the Sydney Roosters, yeah, um, uh, with the referee calling six again and then reversing his call. Yep. Um, on with about 10 minutes to go and about two or three plays before the Roosters scored the match-winning try. Mm-hmm. Is what you're referring to, right? Or Indeed, are you I referring am. to Jared Warrior Hargraves being told that he was going to be named, what is it, Daly, was it, no, was it um, Clive, Clive Churchill, Churchill medalist? And then they said, yeah, about that, we forgot to count some votes. <laughs> now, how about that? They forgot to count votes. There's three people that vote. How do you forget? 
There's three people that vote. They used an app. It's an absolute you, shit look, show. There's three people here. Let's go around very quickly. Who would you vote for? Who would you vote for? We've got two votes. What's missing? Someone's fucking vote. So that's unbelievable. Like, so which controversy do you think was worse, Streety? Oh, I mean, obviously the, the, the call that determined the game, no doubt. I mean, we had been saying for the last 12 months, 18 months, that when we talk about footy, one day one of these referees is going to cost a team a grand final. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's just a matter of time, et cetera, et cetera. And sure yeah. enough, yeah. it happened. And we're just like, fuck. It actually happened. You were there, right? I so was there. You were there in the stands. You probably weren't as shit faced as Nugget was at the AFL Grand Final. No, no. It I sounded like you stayed well because you had your young son with you. I did. So you would yep. have only been mediocrely shit faced. Yep. He was very excited to go and experience the Viking clap, and the yep. Raider crowd was awesome. It was a, oh, I've got to say, an eight to one ratio. Were you there just based on the fact that you know we had discussed it earlier that week, right? Like you, Canberra. You grew up in the ace in Canberra. Did you just kind of feel like you were a Canberra Raider fan for a day? Yeah, pretty, kind of, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I did buy a, cool. uh, like a Video Easy t-shirt from the concession. <laughs> a Video Easy t-shirt? Yeah. For some, from someone outside the ground? No, no, they were selling them in the ground. A Video did Easy, like a Canberra Raiders Video Easy t-shirt? Yeah, I'll go get it in a sec. But the story goes, I wore a long sleeve. Video Easy doesn't even exist anymore. Are I there know. any more Video Easies in the country? There aren't, anyway. That's yeah, what makes right. the shirt so good. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, uh, that's amazing. Video Easy was a place I frequented lots as a kid. Yeah, same. videos on a Friday night, yeah, Saturday absolutely. night. Well, we so didn't have a Video Easy in my hometown, up, but we, I know what they are. I wore a pair of pants and a long sleeve, thick like T-shirt, and I got there and it was hot as. And I just I couldn't deal with the being in a hot shirt. Yeah, right. So uh, I just w- went up and bought a T-shirt, and I was much more comfortable wearing it. Yeah, right. And you felt like you were back in your six-year-old shoes and... Run around the it backyard. It's just like in, being there back in, in the nineties. Camera back in the nineties <laughs> when the <old> <laughs> green milk when Brad Clyde was running through his lock. Chicka yeah. Ferguson was going now, around. Funny for Brad race. Clyde story. He is. Uh, I think he may have at that point been the first guy to win a Clive Churchill in a losing side. Oh yeah, would have been in ninety one. Yeah. Um, and when you see that footage. From um from the this grand final, sure, where it's kind of like Chinese whispers going down the line, where Greenberg yeah. t- says to Bracey, "Oh, it's not going to be Hargraves, it's going to be Thing O," and yeah. and he goes back and he says it to another guy, and it goes down the line, and then uh, I think it's Luke Rickardson um, tells Bradley Clyde, and Bradley yeah. Clyde laughs like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, "Piss off, mate! You're, <laughs> you're taking a piss." Get you on know, your like yeah, a, you dickhead. <laughs> another camp, another Canberra Raider winning in a losing side. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then old mate goes, "No, nah, it's true." And, Clyde goes, oh shit! Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I think they were more like surprised at the debacle of the whole thing uh, than anything else. What about you, Nugget? Do you think what do you, what did you think of the refereeing controversy in the NRL Grand Final? Yeah, look, I mean, that cost them the opportunity. Did it cost them the game? We'll never know. It cost them the opportunity to attempt to score. I mean, you got further ones like. Joey, I can't even say his name, Luluai on the should, should have caught and passed. Uh, that cost them a try, so that cost them there. Does that cost them the game? Well, yeah, yes and no. Um, and then, I mean, from the very start, what was it, the first or second set, the trainer gets hit. And now... Well, let's start with the trainer. Um, like, m- my take on this is uh, the trainer has absolutely no business at all being on the field in the first couple of minutes of a game. So for him to be there... Yeah, it was like two and a half minutes in or something. It's a total ploy. It's a total ploy uh, from the coaching staff to basically stick another man 
In the defensive line. In the defensive line. Should there be an instance where there's a charge down or an error or a drop ball and the, and the defending team becomes the attacking team and they're there for the sole purpose that who, that player that picks the ball up or is first to the ball or wherever it may be has to run a different line in order to score. Yeah, I think I, I'm not, maybe they do do it for that specific circumstance. I definitely think it's a deliberate ploy by coaches. I think it was started, well, the way I kind of referenced it starting was when Alan Langer like yeah. used to basically act actually as coach a second halfback, like yeah, a coach yeah. on the field, and he would direct play, um, not so much in a defensive line, but in an attacking line, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he would guide the guys around the park, which was one of the big skills that he had as a ball player, and, and he would act basically as a direct a director of traffic. Yeah. And and the NRL, the, my problem with the whole thing, that I agree with Nugget in the sense of saying... I. You don't know whether that would have changed the game. The Roosters defended fantastically well. They deserved to win the premiership, right? Because of the way they'd played, one, throughout the year, and two, also, I do probably kind of think they probably were the best team on the day overall. Like, yeah, the Raiders were coming home with a wet sail, and they probably had physical dominance over the Roosters for most of the game, but they still didn't score points. And they didn't convert their opportunities, and they couldn't hold on to the ball when they needed to. But what's disappointing about the whole thing is that you don't focus on the fact that the Roosters probably deserve the premiership. You focus on the fact that the referee waved six again and then was overruled incorrectly and should never, and that should never happen. And you have to talk about the controversy that there was a trainer on the field with, with within two minutes of the game starting and he got involved in the play. Exactly. And the referee, like the NRL, is not doing enough to make sure those moments don't happen again. Because even afterwards, what they said was, and we just commented about this earlier, oh, but... The referee got it right. Like, the call was right. That's, That's not the point. No. No one was arguing whether it was actually six again or it wasn't six again. The point was, the referee made a call and then reversed it, and that changed the way behavior the players behaved. That's right. And that had a big impact on the outcome of the game. There was actually an instance in the first week of the finals with Raiders in Melbourne where um, a similar thing happened where uh, Melbourne had a kickoff and they got the ball back and Vunavalu caught it. And he come down near the touchline. The ref, the uh, touch judge, put his flag up to indicate that he'd gone out. Yeah. When in fact he hadn't gone out. Yeah. Um, and then you know there was no opportunity there for that call wasn't overruled. Where yeah. you know Melbourne essentially, uh, by you know the right thing to do. Well, I'm not going to say the right thing to do. What should have happened is they should have got the ball back, or that call shouldn't have been made, and they would have had an opportunity to mm. reply and you know score with, with one set to go. That wasn't the case. That wasn't overruled. No. So you can make an argument that Cummins' decision to signal six again, whether he was wrong or right mm. in t- to do that, once you make the call, you got it, it can't be then overruled again. That's right. And that's Jack, the NRL Jack rules. Whiten, um, he ran away from the play. Looking at him waving the arm, yeah. So he thinks he's got a full set of six. Yeah. So he runs the ball to the middle of the field, so they can then begin their set. Yeah. To then attack that line, so that opportunity was taken away. Um, yeah, exactly. That's where the problem is. Yep. The other problem is that two refs in the field. Yeah. Different interpretations. Mm-hmm. So straight away, they, uh, they, you you got a problem when you have two differing sort of you know takes yep. on on a situation, and this is what happens. So all all the mini fuck ups that can happen, all compounded to this. You know, sort of eight-minute period um, mm. between, you know, we'll call it six again and full-time. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about the controversy of Cooper Cronk being sent to the Simbin for what amounted to an early tackle and but was considered to be deliberate foul play? I think 
it's a it's a technicality that has been black and white throughout the season. So I think they left themselves without a choice, but to make that call um, to Sinbin him. So based on that, I don't disagree with the call. Is it harsh? Um, you know, possibly, but the fact remains is that he did tackle without the ball, and it was made to look worse on a slow mo replay. And you know, my my opinion is that we should not really look at slow mo replays to make judgment calls too much. And if we do it on tries, you look at it once and then you go back to normal you, speed. You make a call on it exactly, and I mean that's you're exactly right. They've called that all year. They had to call that, but the rest are just absolute bullshit calls. But in saying that, uh, I will mention something you boys did mention last week, and that's why I'm back here to put a bit of sanity back in proceedings. <laughs> uh, mentioning Cooper Cronk in the same breath as the eighth, uh, you're kidding yourself. Uh, put put me on a Storm team or a Roosters team like that, and I'll win grand finals as well. You, you're kidding, boys. Come on. What? Cooper Cronk doesn't deserve to be spoken about as one of the best to ever play the game? No. You'd put Thurston ahead of Cronk easy. Yeah, I know. And the fact that that's even a question. Come on. Listen, mate, I think what you're doing is getting a little bit carried away with the whole so Newcastle where I've got Knights a nugget, nugget. bullshit. We, we know you're, you're, you're a Joey lover, but Thurston is number one. All right. And then, then, then what I'm saying, it's debatable. Number two is Johns or Cronk. Do you... Um, so, wait on. I just want to get back to what we were talking about before with... Like best ever halfbacks, not best ever NRL players, footy players, just halfbacks. Wait, what do you mean? Like, so, oh, are you saying like, so Jonathan Thurston's the best NRL player, like footy player ever to play? I think game? Jonathan. I think Jonathan Thurston's the overall best player, but he's also the best halfback. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's an interesting debate, hey? Who's the best so. footy like NRL player of all time? <laughs> Would you say John's Nugget? Uh, going from again, it comes in the same old basketball debate. Going in eras, yeah. Thurston, 2008 onwards. Yep, definitely. Before that, yeah, you'd put Joey. Before that in the 90s, well, take your pick there. That's more so. Pick someone from the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it'd be someone from the Raiders of the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> from the 90s. Might be Chicka Ferguson. I Ferguson, I, Ferguson I just, to the line. I Ferguson think, uh, scores. Could be Gary Belcher. Gary Belcher was pretty good. I thought NRL's best ever moustache. He Paul Off was pretty decent. Played for Australia. I de- so I I genuinely, and I'm not trying to rile anybody up here. In that I'm looking at you, Nugget. But what I would say is this: I struggle to see Andrew Johns as having. I, the way I see Andrew Johns is probably may have been the most naturally talented footy player, but he did fuck all with it. Like in the sense of he could have been. He could have been the best player to ever play the game, but I think his output across his career was not comparable to probably four or five halfbacks. Like, from a longevity perspective. That's a genuine opinion. Like, I'm not just saying that because I hate the bloke and think he's a cockhead, but, like, I'll say plenty more about that, but but I just think that actually he underachieved for what he had as a talent. Yeah, well, mental illness is a problem there, Ian. And uh, <laughs> but no, you are right in that injury probably had a part to play in that as well. Um, injury. Let, let, let me let me remind you of one of your favourite NRL but moments of the injury night, does have a part Darren to play. Going over. Long, and it, injury affects longevity, longevity, and the more you yeah, play, but so does being a dickhead, like oh, and not yeah. looking after your body. 
and Jonathan being addicted to drugs he, he, and he's no being an alcoholic. Either. None of them are. But if we just talk about it as a, a footballing talent, if you had to pick anyone to, to build your team with, Thurston would be the first bloke I'd take. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Terry Lamb would get a start in my team. <laughs> he's the best support player in the game. Glenn Nissen. Anyway, we've probably gone down a rabbit hole that we probably didn't need yeah. to go down here. Look, the, the NRL grand final was fucked. It was just a dead set. Balls up from the start. From go to woe, really. And so was most of the NRL final series. Yeah. Like, there were controversial decisions in every game. Yep. And honestly, NRL, like, they're going to play the grand final at the Sydney Cricket Ground in the next couple of years. That sport is in Dire straits, I reckon. Yeah. There, there's something wrong there. Like, if you can't, as an administrator, see that you shouldn't play your grand final at the SCG, God Almighty, go to Bankwest Stadium for God's sake. Like, take it to Brisbane. That is unbelievable. Why wouldn't you take it to Brisbane? Like, have a go at yourselves. Like, I actually think that the NRL will continue having these mini fuck ups and and do stupid things for as long as old Greenberg is the the head. I think they need to. Get someone in with the, obviously a sporting admin background, and you know, like just change it up. You know, m- maybe hire some people from the AFL who just come from an operations point of view. Still, yeah. have, still have an NRL person there, but like you know, get get some two or three ICs that have worked in the AFL that know how, how to run big leagues, big shows, big events. Yeah, and 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 how they've done things and how properly. to build anticipation around a big event like that. You're your grand final is your absolute showpiece. Like, can you ever see, like, the the AFL going, oh, the MCG's under construction. We better play this at Waverley. Like, they'd probably take it to Perth, maybe. I don't know. Like, But what they would do is they'd have so much pull in Victoria that there is no way the MCG would be renovated and pulled down in a manner that would jeopardise that event because the, the whole state realises the impact of it to its economy. Yeah. And the NRL just doesn't have that sort of corporate or like that doesn't doesn't have that sort of financial power. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So I gotta give anyway. a, a bit of a shout out to the Raiders fans. I did joke um, amongst our chat group that uh, I felt for my safety in the stands right after six again. Um, but walking to the train station from, from the ground was more like a funeral procession. Um, a lot of the Raider fans um, kept their heads really well. <laughs> It, I fully expected to uh, see some, uh, you know, thrown things, burned things, but they uh, they held it together pretty well, and they had they every well right. behaved. They were very well behaved. They had, they had every right to uh, blow up, um, but probably the reality set in that they were going back to fucking Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> Respect to the Raider fans. Um, high rents. It's cold. They took it well. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's focus on the good stuff. The NBA. So how far? It's are around we in? the corner, boys. It's a bit like our Christmas Eve. So we're hitting just under twenty-three minutes. So the twenty-three minute mark. Yeah. You're going to hit the NBA preview. NBA preview. Um, boys, I'm excited. We're coming to, to you live, China. Free Hong Kong. Ha 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 ha. Boycott this, you idiots. Uh, you're not going to because you don't listen anyway. We don't have any Chinese listeners, so you know, nah. It's say cool. what we want. We can be totally political. No, nah, that's exactly right. Um, Burn an effigy of me, you idiots. <laughs> it's a refreshing NBA season, this one, because it's the first one probably in about, you know, nine years where we're not going to have a combination of the Cavs or the Warriors in it. 
Yeah, and actually, I was thinking that, but when we were trying to put together our plan for tonight's episode, one of the things that you were talking about, uh, Streety, was storylines of the year for this season, and I think that's probably the number one storyline for me is the re-leveling of the of the playing field in yep. the NBA and the fact that the, the talent is now more distributed across the league. And I actually feel like that's been a player-driven initiative. Yeah. Like the, the, I feel like the players, because they are born competitors, whether, whether they did this consciously or subconsciously, I feel like it, what you will see this year is a much more open uh, competition. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, there are any number of teams that could possibly win it. Yep. And it will depend on injuries and it will depend on who turns up. That's right. How many cheeseburgers Joel Embiid eats. Um, like, you know, like... Not you know, many. Not many by the sounds of things. How many inner feuds, that, how many basketballs they can get on the yeah. Houston practice Well, it's, it's been a case of, uh, eat it up. you know, three's company. No, no. Three's a crowd. Four's. Two's company. Yeah, yeah. So we've gone back from the three, from the you know the the, the big threes, back to the dynamic duos. Yep. Kind of like we what we had kind of back in the nineties. Yep. NBA Jam. Yep. He's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and right. uh, and so, a lot about this then. Let's let's start the NBA preview discussion there. Can we do that, Trudy? Yep. Dynamic duos. Who are you most looking forward to seeing play together this year? Um, well, I think everybody is looking forward to see, I mean, geez, there's probably five, five, four or five that you could pick out. So let's go with, uh, LeBron and AD, obviously. Um, obviously that's probably the number one. And then uh, across the hallway at the Staples Center. Fuck, you want to mention about the Sharks just before we get started? No, mate, nothing, nothing to talk about there. Um, across the hallway, we've got the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, and then, uh, we've got... The other one that made sort of big, uh, big storylines over the off season, Westbrook and Harden, mm-hmm. getting back together uh, to do their thing with the Rockets. Um, Dallas, Dallas Mavericks. Got Luca and the Unicorn. Yeah, it's like uh, the Cadbury white chocolate <laughs> um, over there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mark Cuban is going to try and make a push for really go after all the, all the good Euros to be in Dallas, make it a bit of a. You know, Europe and Dallas, Europe, Europe and Texas, it's a bit of a oxymoron, isn't it? Like Texas and Europe. Yeah, he probably could. I, like, he's certainly pushing that way a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that, that duo, Porzingis and Doncic, that'd be pretty formidable. Yeah. And that would be pretty attractive for anybody that's coming over from Europe or anybody who kind of wants to run there. You know, I, I, they Tell could what, be a dark horse, to be honest. If, like, if you're a white guy who's a good shooter who's coming into free agency next year, You'd give that team a look, and, uh, and there's one guy who's Serbian called Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yeah, yeah. Is he'll, he coming into free agency next he'll year? He'll be in that situation next I'd year. I just love that. Bogdan Bogdanovic. Imagine him and the Mavericks. Th- yeah. th- that three would be awesome. That would be pretty awesome. And what about the other dynamic duo that already existed, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? I think that's the one with They're the now, biggest question marks. Well, so is it a question mark? Because, because in actual fact, like so if I compare that to LeBron and Anthony Davis, the 76ers have probably got more talent around that dynamic duo, like Tobias Harris, Al Horford. Yep. That's a pretty Josh good... Josh Richardson. That's a pretty good team. Um, they're a huge starting five, and uh, yeah, like when I say question marks, or, you know, undoubtedly those two How they get have, along, is that what you mean? Yeah, I think those two probably are under under the biggest pressure 
for a for a duo to succeed. Um, oh, I reckon, like, like, yeah, probably, yeah. Westbrook and Harden, only probably. because of how wide open, or yeah, not not wide open. How sort of you know, there's only really supposed to be two contenders in the East. They'll have high expectations. So the expectations for those guys are high, and if you know if they get off to a, a rocky start or things don't go smoothly, then that may be the prevailing sort of uh, storyline throughout the year. These guys can't coexist. One of them's got to go, and you know, you may see stories come the trade deadline that. You know, one of these guys asks or requests a trade, and then the whole league goes crazy. Yeah, you're right. And but I think there's probably more pressure as well, though, on LeBron and and AD because they've got no one else. And basically, if if I know if one of them has an off night, the other can still score thirty, <laughs> which is scary. But who else do they go to? Well, the thing is, nowadays, with, 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 the, with two superstars on a lot of teams, um, you, you can balance the roster out with lesser names, but you can be deeper. Mm. So I actually think the Lakers squad overall isn't too bad. They, they've got a good supporting cast. Yeah, they do. Um, they have surrounded them with talent. I think one of the, 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 one of the most exciting duos like will be LeBron and Anthony Davis. One of the most exciting duos I'm looking forward to seeing Zion Williamson and um Ball, right? I think that's going to be an athletic duo. I well, think I'll they're going to be what. okay. I'll tell you what, I'll be seeing it live cuz you going you got tickets to their game. I'm going. Street how long before you leave? You oh, you like, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. So, Fair okay, so we'll talk we'll talk about the games that we've got tickets to. Okay. So, let me just recap that for anybody who is following at home that doesn't know Streety's going over to watch an NBA, a couple of NBA games. You are going over in about two and a half weeks. Yep. You're going over with probably, say, three or four mates. Yep. And you guys are going to go and watch how many games? I'll be going to four, potentially five games. In how many days? Nine. In nine days. Yeah. Five games, nine days, how many cities? Four or five. Four or five cities from the west, co- from the east coast to the west coast. Correct. Wow. So you're going to cover in nine days. So that's basically leave here on Monday, come back Wednesday week, and you will have gone all the way to New York and but, back. Yep. And seen five games in nine days. Yeah. You're an animal. Yes. That's going to be unreal. <laughs> and yeah. So you're going with a couple of mates. Mitch, who's obviously been here yep. on the podcast with us before. Yep. Twelve games. Oh, not, I don't know about 12. I think <coughs> seven they're doing. So, this, okay, so for our listeners out here, this is the schedule. Why so don't you just buy League Pass and a massive telly? <laughs> I've got that. It's not good enough. Virtual reality glasses or something. All right. So I, I, I land in New York um, on November the 3rd. November the my, my flight from LA is due to land in, in uh, at JFK at 4:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. on that afternoon. That is the same day as the New York Marathon. Yep. Um, so it could Big be busy. Big day in town. Big day in town. That's correct. Yep. Tip off at the Madison Square Garden that night is between the Sacramento Kings and the Knicks. I will be nice. making every effort to. What time's tip off? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. So you land at 4:30. I got an hour and a half to get out of the airport mm. to the game. Now it's a domestic flight because I would have already checked in internationally. In right. So you don't have to go through. So you'll have to I go through to customs ca- in LA. Yep. And you'll get on a domestic flight, like a red eye or something Dude, over. Domestic connection. Yep. Right. So you will won't have to go through customs. So you'll be able to go get your bag straight. Yep. Go out to New York. Get yourself a cab. Yep, it's yeah, a, thir- thir- a thirty-six minute, thirty-six minute cab ride talking. in traffic to MSG. That is unreal. Like, if you can get there, that'd be so good. That'd be a story to tell. Yep. don't you reckon? Yep. Like, so I'm going to try it. 
Are you gonna, you're going to go for it? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? And you're just going to try and buy tickets at the gate. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I can't pre-buy it just because it's, it's too uncertain. If too there's a delay, I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Might go sit next to Spike Lee. Um, so that's the third. Yeah. Uh, the next day, uh, on yeah. the fourth, yeah. we did have tickets to an NFL game to watch the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants. Yeah. Um, once the schedule was released to the NBA... We found out that the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion were in town to play the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> that was an opportunity we couldn't pass up, so we sold the um, NFL tickets on a yeah. reselling site, and we got rid of all four of them. Yeah, and we purchased tickets to see. Did you lose any money? Uh yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, I tell much you what, or not much? Uh, yeah. Probably half of what we paid yeah, initially. Okay. Because right. once you factor in, I tell you what, the business to be in in the in America is ticket, t- resell. ticket reselling. Yeah, definitely. And the transferring of money. Yeah, yeah. Because the amount of fees and stuff you got to pay for yeah, each transaction, yeah. in and out, fees buying, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we made probably yeah just around about half of what we paid initially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Better, better than losing it all. Um, in saying that, I, I don't care one bit. Because no, no. The tickets we got to this. Uh, you get good see. tickets to the Nets game? Yeah, yeah. This, we probably paid, um, I'm not going to say the most. They're the best seats we've got yeah. in terms of closeness to the court um, at, a, at a pretty good view. So, yeah, really pumped to see Zion's first game in the So, you gamble. could get a game the first day. You'll definitely get a game the second day. Yep. What about the third day? Is that yep. a rest day? Uh, no, no. We jump a flight on the morning of the 5th. We're going to head down to Austin, Texas. Yeah. So, I've got a couple of so friends. You're going to go from there. New York to Texas? Yep. New York to Texas. I've got a couple of friends there we're going to visit for a couple of nights. Now, yep. this is where um, Mitch and and his brother and his mate, um, they're going to hot tail it down to Houston. Yep. And they're going to go watch the Rockets and the Warriors. Right, nice. Which should be a good game. Um, you're not, not going no, there. No, I'm, I'm staying to live some Texas life and yep. uh, wear a cowboy hat and a check shirt and go to some saloon bars. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying that, um, there are a couple of games that night two hours away in Dallas. Ooh. Mavericks play the Orlando Magic. How far away is Houston from where you're going? So what <laughs> the, the boys have to travel? Houston's about uh, two or three hours. Okay. They've got a, a bus. So they're going to leave in the morning and get there at night. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so we're on there for the 5th and 6th in Austin. And then on the morning of the 7th, we board a flight from, uh, we go from Austin to LA. And me and the boys have booked a pretty sweet-ass penthouse in downtown LA <laughs> for a couple of nights. It should be good. Yeah. Um, that night we get there, we're going to the Staples Center to watch the Clippers and the Blazers. Yep. That'd be a good game. Uh, <coughs> George, unfortunately, he's still he won't be playing then, but we're there to see Leonard. I see he hurt, is he? Yeah, he's had a shoulder operation. But oh, we yeah, get to yeah. see the Blazers, a couple of good guys in I there. I thought he was... I thought that maybe they would have him back by no, then. No, he's out to the 13th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and then the next night, the Friday night, this is, this is the... The big ticket event. We got tickets. We paid some good money for these to see the Lakers in heat on a Friday night in LA. Staples Center. Staples Center. Nice. And then where do you go from LA? Home? No. No. Got a couple of days. So I actually changed my flight home. So instead of leaving from LA, I changed it to leave from San Francisco. Okay. So we're going to drive up to San Fran and we got tickets to see the Utah Jazz and the Warriors oh, at nice. their new arena in San Francisco. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, we so you basically be following Jones the Warriors back from LA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some um, pretty big um, big names, some big teams. Yep. Uh, so, it should be a good trip. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Jeez, what a trip, mate. Nine days or something like that, and you get to see so many games. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you're covering a fair bit of ground across the, the country. That's right. That's amazing. Now, um, so you're going to be... If anyone has access to some Valium and stuff, I can uh, take on the planes to sleep. 
slide into my DMs. Slide into my DMs. I think he wants everyone to slide into his DMs. So Streety's going to go and calm his little daughter down so that she doesn't wake up, the poor thing. But And he's just given us a bit of an insight into his trip. Nugget, if you mentioned, we were talking about dynamic duos before. What's the thing you're looking forward to the most through the whole NBA season? The whole NBA season? Um, it is just, it's so open. And mm. there's that many teams that you cannot look at the, this. And like Switchy said at the start, you can't look at one team and go, well, they'll be in the finals like, yeah. you, like you could have the last couple of seasons. Yep. With the Warriors, um, well, the Cavs one year, you didn't think they'd make the next, and they did. Yep. And they yep. can't win it. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like the Warriors have been the last couple of years, well, they're going to win. Mm. Whereas now you look at it, you can't genuinely look at it and go, they're going to win. Even in saying that, there's a few teams that are one-turned ankle away from their season's over. Yep. So yep. again... It, I'm looking forward to just, yeah, it, I'm intrigued as to see how the season goes, who stays injury-free, what duos actually work. Um, yeah. And you're right. Like, there's a few teams' seasons that will be one in, like, you know, on a knife's edge of an injury that then it, it could they could change from being a contender to trying to tank for a good draft pick, mm. right? And there could be someone that basically you're not so sure they were going to be a contender and then bang, and and then they're a contender, right? Like, I mean, it's an interesting one. It, like, it is really probably the first year that I remember in a while where there's not really a big two or three that you would be guaranteed they're going to be there at the end of the season. I think it's a fantastically open competition this year. Oh, I'm loving it. And, and the fact, I mean, you've got some young guns like, like say, the, the worst name in sports, Pelicans. Mm. Um, they've got a young team, and... Who's to say they don't start gelling and Zion starts killing it. Lonzo Ball finds his groove, yep. even though he's got the shittest shot in the league. But <laughs> it still goes in. Yeah, absolutely. In, in saying that, he's just been lobbing in, in pre-season. So. Well, the Pelicans were the ones that probably over the off-season benefited the most from all the player movements in the sense of they've virtually got a whole new roster, right? Like, I mean, for Anthony Davis, that's that's what they've basically got now. They've got... A whole new bunch of blokes. Streety, New Orleans Pelicans, are they legit or are they not legit? No, I, I've watched a couple of their games in the preseason. Um, man, Zion's better than I thought. Like He's, 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 he's probably going to be one of those guys that straight away his game is better suited to the NBA than what it ever was in college. Um, even though there's guys that are bigger than him and, you know, um, you know athletically... I'm not going to say superior, but yeah, you know, maybe one or two of them. But he's generally more athletic than a lot of the guys there in terms of using his size and yeah. you know, athletic prowess to to get to the rim and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be one of those guys that comes in and averages you know twenty and eight in his first year as a rookie, and then from then on, he's a he's a career twenty and ten guy, and yep. and then he's just one of those sort of you know generational superstar talents that. Yeah, I think he'll be a guy who. Because of his body size and his athleticism, I think he'll be very con- very comfortable with the contact in the NBA. Mm. When you have a look at someone like, if you compare him to another player on his team, Brandon Ingram, who basically followed a very similar path to Zion in terms of the way he had a college career and came into the league and all that kind of stuff. He, Brandon Ingram has a, has a body size or body type that 
I'm not so sure is suited to the NBA because it doesn't take contact and the rigors of contact over 82 games very well. Nah. But Zion is, you know, he can take a hit, mate. And he can take a hit and still finish. Yeah, Brandon Ingram will always have a place in the league. Sure. But he just may not be the guy. No, and he may... But, but he may be once he starts to get the stamina of being hit all the time under, under yeah. his belt. Same with sort of like RJ Barrett. Great college... Um, talent. He'll be a better NBA I, player. I, I think he'll be a better Absolutely. Ev- eventually though. I don't think he'll have the impact like as on straight away. I think he'll still hold his own, but again, I think it may take a few seasons for, for him. For a bit there, I kind of, you know, saw, I agree with that. saw what RJ was doing and thought, man, this guy could win Rookie of the Year. Mm. After watching Zion's preseason, it's like it's it's basically his to lose. But but And that's because, I, I'm not so sure that there's a significant talent difference between some of those guys you mentioned but I think there's a big physical difference between them and Zion, yeah. and that's why I think like he he will win Rookie of the Year because he'll be able to take the contact better. And they, they have 32 or 33 nationally televised games. Yeah, that's the most they've ever had. Yeah, um, he you know I, I I'll steal this line from somewhere else because I, I did I did make it up, but uh, they reckon Zion saved pro basketball in New Orleans, and one day there'll be a 30 for 30 on it because. After Davis left in that whole debacle of that team yep. a year ago, yep. they they you know behind closed doors were secretly looking to be re- relocated. They were and building it, suitors and and don't you think it gives a little bit more weight to the conspiracy <laughs> theorists around the fact that New Orleans got the number one pick? This kid is a this kid is a he's a franchise player, yeah, and he's an excitement machine, and lo and behold. The small market franchise that was just about to lose its other franchise player that it got six years earlier, or so whatever long it was, however long you've been in the league, just so happens, above all odds, to grab the number one pick. Yeah. From the Knicks. It, I don't know if the NBA the now Knicks, feel a moral shit. obligation to actually keep New Orleans, a team in New Orleans, simply yeah. because of the shit that the city's gone through since the hurricane. Uh, hurricane Katrina. and uh, I, don't, I don't actually... I'm not a big believer in conspiracy theories, especially yeah. not in professional sport, because I think the sport has too much to lose to do something like fix the draft. Yeah. But but I love hearing them. Yeah, and course. I love like passing them on but, as a but rumor. If you it's kind of like team, rumors. I don't start one, but I'll pass a, it on if, if you tell me. If a franchise uh, wanted to make money, mm. you'd, you'd ship them off to Seattle tomorrow. Yeah, and absolutely. And bang, it's like a, one of the top five media markets in the country for... You know, I love the you, Supersonics. So did I. I wish they were back. So do I. I love they Key Arena. Were. They were almost back. So, okay. So, I've made the call. You've probably made the call, Streety. And Nugget's probably going to agree with us. Consensus for the first award prediction of the year. Zion for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's I a no-brainer, right? Can't go past Zion. Yep, I'm going to take him. Yeah. Lock I'm, him I'm, in. I'm really excited to watch him play. Like, man, it's just... Uh, Watching his highlights of him just getting to the rim, just with that left hand, jumping off two feet, mm. scooping like it, it's unguardable. Like he, he might, he, he might even not only win the rookie of the year, but lead the league in foul shooting in terms of attempts. Yeah, right. Just the amount of times he'll get fouled. Well, he's left-handed, so it'll be harder to guard as well. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a big difference there. It's hard to go left, I guess, all the time. <laughs> that's a big one. It's a throwback to an earlier episode. Yeah. Now, okay, so second award prediction. MVP, is this going to go to Steph Curry because he doesn't have anyone else to pass the ball to? No. Or is this going to go to um, a predictable kind of winner like Giannis? No. Is this going to go to Joel Embiid because this could be the year that he stops being fat ass 
and starts being a player. Yes. Yeah, right. So Embiid's my this season's MVP pick. Yep. I don't think Curry can win it. Yep. Uh, because um, I don't think the Warriors can win enough games. Yeah. I think this year more than ever, um, team record will play a large part in the MVP race. Yeah. Simply because it's so wide open. So I think voters are going to reward teams with good records. Yep. And usually the best player on the best team is always up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I put the Greek freak right there as well. I think it'll be harder for him to back it up for, for, for a back-to-back simply because we've spoken last year about narrative and, you know, what's the storyline. Yep. Um, I think the storyline is heavily focused on the Sixers this year. Um, Embiid's come back into camp shape, no, in shape. Um I think yeah he'll he'll be the MVP. Yep. I picked it last year the Greek freak. I'm going again this year with You're going Embiid. for the double. I'm and you're going Embiid. Embiid. Nugget. What do you think mate? MVP. Uh yeah, first thoughts were Curry because he's got no one else to pass the ball to and they pretty much give it to whoever the top scorer is. Um but in saying that, I I talked about earlier about the ankle turn. I reckon he'll get injured because he'll just burn out towards the end of the year. Um, I'm going to go oof, either an Embiid. I I think it'll go back to a favourite in the in terms of someone like a LeBron James or someone like that. Uh, Anthony Davis is my pick. Yeah, maybe a dual one then. We'll combine. Yeah, potentially two teammates. I don't. Yeah, Tied Brownlow's have happened. I don't know that a teammate of LeBron can ever win an MVP with LeBron on the team. You don't think so? No. Yeah. Right. You don't think he has the ability, or the like. You don't think he would be able to defer to somebody enough to win them an MVP. I, I think Davis certainly has the ability to win an MVP. Oh yeah, no, I, like I'm sure he does. I, but I, I, just, like, I, I, I can't help but think that LeBron um, will be LeBron and just be good and take votes away from him. You reckon? Yeah. You said you reckon that because LeBron, may, oh, so you're saying because he might perform at a high level, then basically it's hard to kind of determine between the two of them, right? So like. It's, yeah. it's it's kind of a little bit similar to the Durant Curry thing the last couple of years. You know mm. they they were that good that they, you know, took votes off off each other. Yeah. Whereas you had Harden basically you know doing everything he did over in Houston, um, you know putting up fifty forty a game. Yep. But his team wasn't winning. Yep. So you know there's a it's a fine line, but we'll we'll so, we'll, so we'll kind of know the narrative about it two two to three weeks in, and you know we'll yeah. have a fair indication as to. So you boys, what, what were we going to do? Like when we discussed the layout of this episode, we were going to at least each make a bold prediction. Yeah. Right. I'm going to make my first bold prediction because yep. I'll make a couple. Okay. My first bold prediction is actually the MVP will come from none of those guys. The MVP will come from somebody that's already been mentioned in this 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 week's episode. Paul Zingas. Wow. In Dallas. That's, I a, think that's he, a bold statement. He's going to win the MVP for sure. It's going to go to a white guy. We need to, we need, they need to level the league off in terms <laughs> of, you know, it's too centric with African Americans. They're going to, they're going to give it to a European for sure. Well, Spain are the world champs. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, uh, he's got a lot to prove. No, I just think that basically he does have a lot to prove in the fact that I think he's had, a long time to rehab, and he's got all the tools to win an MVP. He's looked good in the preseason. Yeah, well, I think he'll probably take out the MVP. I think they like that little narrative down there, and I think it's probably about time. I think Mark Cuban's probably going into the league offices going, come on, boys, it's about time you gave me something for my money, 
and yeah. and we need an MVP of some sort to try and sell some tickets mm-hmm. or something like that. So, all right, there you go. That's my first bold prediction. D- double white chocolate, eh? Poor Zingas. That's right. Yeah, okay. All yep. right. Yep. My bold prediction is the Warriors miss the playoffs. Oh, wow. Because that is a pretty what, big what we've been speaking about, I, I think they're really thin on depth. Their preseason uh, form has been pretty ordinary. Uh, they got belted by the Lakers today, even though Curry didn't play. I just don't think they have the defense um, beyond anyone that's not Draymond Green. Yep. But you know, he's only six foot five. He, you know, he, he plays above his size. Yep. But in that in that Western Conference, I, I just can't see. Yep. You know, with Clay Thompson not there and Durant, who's an underrated defender, not there. Um, Demarcus Cousins not there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to double down on your bold prediction, Street, and I'm going to say that not only will the Warriors not make the playoffs, but I don't think the Raptors will make the playoffs either. <laughs> Two finalists not making the playoffs. So that's maybe never happened. Yep. I don't think that, and I think that will be one of the storylines. We're just watching a highlight here of the Lakers pick and roll with Davis and um, LeBron. Except LeBron didn't use the pick. He just basically dribbled out of it. So. And then passed through a guy. They're going to be hard to beat. Absolutely. Yeah. So... I like that meme. Did everybody see that meme during free agency, where Danny Green said that I think so. I think it was Kawhi and Danny Green were talking on the phone, for example, like in the top shot. Yeah. And they were saying, and one of them said, "I'm going to LA," and the other one said, "Okay, see you there." And then in the next shot, it's um, Danny Green walking into the Lakers practice facility, and um, Kawhi walking into the Clippers facility, and they're both saying. Like Kawhi's going, where's Danny? <laughs> and Danny Green's going, where's Kawhi? <laughs> they got it mixed up. They <laughs> they both thought they were going to the same. Anyway, that well, that's kind of how it played out. Yeah, because exactly. um, um, Kawhi basically told the Clippers, if you don't get Paul George, I'm signing the Lakers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, you must, I must say, probably one of the biggest storylines of the whole free agency period was the way that Kawhi Leonard completely controlled a lot of outcomes for a lot of teams in the NBA, like by delaying his free agency decision. Yeah. Like he took his time, man. He found like, you know, and he used his free agency to get the situation that he wanted. Yep. Yeah. All right, Nug, what's Board your, um, what's your bold prediction? Well, funny you do mention the clips. <laughs> Mine is that they won't make the conference final. They'll make, Ooh. they'll make, fo- they'll make playoffs. Everyone's saying, no, it'll be, them and someone else in the conference final. I'm predicting a Lakers-Dallas. Lakers-Dallas wow. Western Conference Finals. Now, I don't mind that prediction, Nugget, because I do kind of feel like like everybody's predicted that the Clippers, because they've got Kawhi and probably because of Paul George, will be in the NBA Finals. I don't buy into that yeah. narrative I think I all. think the Clippers' health <laughs> it just rides on a... Well, I think Kawhi is an amazing player, but he's no different... To a LeBron James or anybody like that, right? One player won't make the difference. And in terms of the Raptors squad last year, they got a breakout year from Pascal Siakam. You know, they got a hell of a lot of good performances. They got Marcus Sol the trade deadline. Yeah, That's and they were underrated. absolutely they were the bounce of a ball away from being eliminated by Philadelphia. And so, you know, he's not this basketball god that will always take his team to the finals. I don't think he's LeBron when LeBron was at the Cavs or the Heat, where he could basically carry a team himself and eight other nuffies to the NBA Finals every year. He, in saying that, his, what, what he did in the NBA Finals was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, that's true. He was he was massive for us. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but I don't really think that just because he goes to a team that guarantees him an NBA Finals berth. No, no. I I think yeah, Clippers have a they're they're deep. They're good. Um, but like we've said, like health rides so much on this season more more than any other season. It's, it's play. Yeah. You know, it'll probably one of one of the top three factors as to you know what happens uh, health. So MVP. Like we've decided that. What about top scorer? Like Nugget, you mentioned earlier, you thought Steph Curry was going to be top scorer of the league. You sticking with that? Yep. yep. Provided, provided no burnout, as he's seen with a few injuries that he's had, that'll be his biggest issue. But look, he plays all majority of games by their bullshit rest periods and all that crap. He scores that leading scorer easily. Just because, I mean, someone like Westbrook, yeah, he might maybe compliment. Who knows what will happen with that. But it'll take a lot of scoring away from the likes of Harden. Streety, who's the top scorer of the league? Oh, it's a toss-up. So I've got other Curry as my leading scorer, simply because of the burden that he'll have to shoulder. Um, My other one, my other contenders were uh, Anthony Davis. Yep. Leading the Lakers in scoring, you know, averaging around that twenty-eight to thirty mark. Sure. Uh, I think, but it won't won't be either of those two. I'm going to go with either Donovan Mitchell or James Harden. Oh yeah. This year, that's pretty good predictions. That's a bold one, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I th- I think he he's ready after his USA team performance. You know, obviously the result wasn't what they wanted, but I think um, history shows that guys. Really, you know, make make a leap after a US team USA, USA experience. Yep. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was, you know, clearly the number one option on offense for mm. Team USA this year. Number number one, he's the only one yeah, there. Um, so <laughs> you want to pass the I, ball? I, I definitely think he he can be in that twenty eight to thirty point range. Yeah, right. Uh, and lead the league in scoring this year. What about um, Kyrie Irving? He's in Brooklyn. Durant's not playing this year because of his injury. Nah. He's gonna have to score a lot. They're probably a bit. They're probably got a bit more across the board, right? Yeah, right. I think so. He probably won't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Utah have a good team, um, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell will be the out and out. This yeah, is kind of his. Star. Yeah, this is kind of his Dwayne Wade breakout year. There's a lot, a lot of comparisons between the two. Um, you know, in some some instances you can see it. Yeah. But I think this year's the year he makes a leap and really becomes that sort of you know go-to yep. scorer. What about Jokic Nugget from your team, <laughs> the Nuggets? Yeah, oh, he's not going to be top scorer in saying that. Uh, he had a pretty pretty good year last year, uh, despite the fact of looking like he'd just come from a uh, In-N-Out burger joint every game. But uh, so, shout out to all the dad bods out there. Um, yeah. But but then you've got other ones coming through that <laughs> um, with the Nuggets in terms of um, more scoring. So, I mean, like Murray came out and started blazing away. Uh, you got Millsap still crashing boards in there. Deep uh, team. Michael Porter yeah. Jr. coming back. Michael Porter Jr., which he's he's looked pretty good. Could be the X Factor. So who knows what sort of a season. Um, he's still a, a legitimate rookie as well. Some so. three good backcourt options uh, you guys have got in Malik Beasley, Will Barton, and Gary Harris, who are you know pretty underrated, good defenders. So Denver could be a bit of a beast de- team defensively. Here's a question for you. What do you think is more likely um, that you get um, – Jokic averaging 26 or averaging a triple-double? Triple-double. 
just, I mean, he's passing at the top of the key as well. He's, well, hence those other scorers are starting to come through. So yep. I'll, I'll go triple-double. All right. The only triple-double that Jokic is getting on average is the cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's exactly right. He, the only thing he's getting double, is triple du- cheese, triple cheese double, meat. double chips <laughs> is what he's getting. There's no way he is averaging a triple-double. He's getting 26 points a game before he gets a triple-double average. Yep. Except, as I said, if it's in cheeseburgers. All right. Give me your conference finals. Let's get, um, let's get to the pointy end of the season. What's yeah. going to happen? Well, I think it will be... Uh, I think Philadelphia will make the conference finals. Yep. And I think that potentially they will probably play Milwaukee. In the conference finals, yep. 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 And so... And and then over <coughs> in the West... Oh... Uh, like I actually think the Lakers will make the conference finals, and I this is my other bold prediction. I think it will be Lakers Clippers. Yeah. Okay. And I think it, like it'd yeah, be like the Subway series. That'd be a great series. Yeah, absolutely. It almost happened um, back in I think two thousand and five. Yep. With uh, Sam Cassell's Clippers. Yep. And uh, against Kobe's Lakers. Yep. That I think it happened. I, I actually think this year because of the fact that they've signed Kawhi and they've signed Paul George. I think that um, this will be the year that the Clippers kind of step a little bit out of the Lakers' shadow, and and start to understand themselves as a as a sporting franchise, which is, will be good to see because of the investment that's been made in them over the years, and the fact that they're going to their own stadium and stuff is fantastic. But this year, I think they'll make the conference finals, yeah. but I think they'll lose to the Lakers, and I think the Lakers will play Philadelphia in the NBA finals. Same. That's, that's my pick. Uh, I think the Sixers will roll past the Bucks um, yep. in about five or six in yep. the conference finals. Yep. Um, I can't believe we agree on that. That's even cool. though I think the Bucks may have the Bucks Did may he? have the best re- regular season Eastern record. Yeah. Um, I I just think that the Sixers are built for a seven game series, um, and not necessarily a, a sixty five win regular season um, team. Where the Bucks can quite comfortably, you know, get six sixty odd wins, but I think when it comes to the playoffs, a really big addition was Al Horford joining Embiid uh, and the Sixers. The one guy that could stop Embiid in the East for the last few years was Al For- Al Horford when he was with Boston. Now he's on the same team, and there's no one else in that conference that can guard Embiid. Yeah. So he's not only my MVP. He's going to be playing in the NBA Finals, and he's also going to win the Defensive Player of the Year. Embiid. Um, where are we at with Ben Simmons quickly with the Sixers while, while we're just touching on them? In terms of what sort of a year he'll have? Yeah. I think he'll have a breakout year, to be honest. Like, uh, I think um, he's... I, I don't think he'll shoot as much as people expect him to shoot. Yeah. He hit like, his first three the other day. Yeah, he and did, and that went a bit violent. It was a nice it does, shot. It does look good. I, I think there's a, still a fairly strong element in Ben that actually he still believes he doesn't necessarily have to shoot to be successful. And his results have probably proven that. Yeah. I think it would be, I think it will go a long way to making life easier for his teammates if he does shoot more. Yep. And if even if he shoots thirty percent, I think it'll probably make life easier for his teammates. Just the ability to to stretch the floor a bit. Just um, the ability to make people think you're going to shoot. Because like, if he does I, that, just, it, like, you know, if he does that, imagine like, the extra me. space that Embiid has to work with. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's re- well, I think with the size they have in their team, if he doesn't shoot, then and that means they don't stretch the floor then I think it's just going to be a congested clusterfuck. But, yeah. you know, but anyway, like, I I think he will have a great year. Um, yep. Actually, do you know what? I also think that potentially, 
I I don't want to wish this on him and I touch wood, but I I feel like actually if you talk about body struggling with the rigors of the NBA, I somehow I get the feeling that he's not going to play a full season. I th- I feel like he might struggle a little bit because he's still developing physically. Yeah. And and I just think that this year might be where he kind of sees himself not have as much longevity as he'd like. Right. So. Well. Mm. Fair, fair call. Mm. I've got him uh, just because uh, they'll treat him so physically. That's all. Yeah. Like I just feel like teams will bash him. Yeah. Like because he goes to the hoop so much, I just feel like he'll get bashed a lot. That's all. On the opposite, I think I think he'll uh, he'll he'll take the contact and he'll go well. He'll be an all star and all, all NBA second team player. Mm. And um, I'm setting his over under. And you boys can give me an over under on this. His stat line of eighteen eight and eight. 18 points, averages eight, eight assists, eight rebounds. I think he'll be over that. I think because I think he'll he'll average more points. Yep. Do you think he can lead the league in assists? Uh, yes. But I don't know. Well, I think he can, but actually, no. Do you know what? So sorry. I don't know. Let who me who rephrase that. So, huh? I'm not sure who else can. Well, I so if the question, so sorry, I took the question as a hypothetical, as in, does he have the possibility to? I would answer that question to be yes because I think he's the best passer in the league. What I would say, though, is I'm not so sure he's got the scorers at the end of his passes this year in that team. That's all. Like if he had JJ Redick there, like if he had a shooter, it would. I, I'd have to wait and see, but I have suspicions over whether or not he's got the people to shoot at the end of his passes. Okay. I think someone like uh, Westbrook would be just padding the stats, dishing off to Harden. And, I mean, let's face it, they... They take an assist now if you inbound the ball and dribble it twice and pass it up. <laughs> That's an assist, apparently. So, Love racking up the stats. Yeah, you do get some pretty friendly statisticians, I think, at home home stadiums yep. and stuff like that. i tell you, here's another bold prediction. You talk about, like, uh, I think Zion Williamson will be an all-star in his rookie year. Yes, I don't disagree. Which is which is a massive achievement when you consider those the people that haven't been able to do that. So I think that's one thing that will happen. Um, I can't believe that actually our prediction of the NBA Finals is the same. And Nugget just pointed out that actually Mitch, who is usually on here with us and would love to have been here for this episode, he predicted the same final series. No, he hasn't. No, sorry, he hasn't predicted the same. He's predicted the same East. conference finals championships, yes. but he's predicted the Clippers to roll Philadelphia in the NBA. Philadelphia finals. in the NBA Finals. Um, so, so slightly M- different. Mitchy also has MVP as Anthony Davis. Yep. Uh, Maybe run, that's where I got Runner-up is G- the Greek Freak. Yep. And Steph Curry third. Yep. Um, Mitchie almost, wa- he also weighed in on Simmons over-under. Yeah. Um, he's going just under on points and over on rebounds and assists. Mm. Um, Storylines, obviously the Battle of LA is, is, is probably the number one thing going into the season. Yep. Um, for you guys, which newly formed teams are the most likely to fail? Uh, well, I I don't think the Nets will have a very good year because that's. I don't think we can count them. They're they're not playing. They but don't have Durant. Like, yeah. Um, who's going to fight? Well, I think like predictably, I feel like the Rockets won't work. Yeah, the experiment there that, won't that, work. Logical choice, wouldn't it? I feel like that's a bit of a debacle waiting to kind of happen. I I this is my bold prediction of the Warriors missing the playoffs, but can the Warriors stay in touch in a stacked West until Clay gets back? I think. It'll be too little, too late. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like they've got the cattle to, to say. I, yeah, your prediction of them not making the playoffs, I think, is a very real possibility. Will LeBron's um, 
shitty season last year and injury actually be a blessing in disguise. Yes. Absolutely. I feel like they, the, I don't know that they deliberately tanked, but I feel like they deliberately rested him through part of that year. Of course. I mean, because it's worked, the season was going well for, shit, you know. It worked like, out well for him. Well, the, the thing, the thing about that was the thing, what didn't work out for them well last year was the whole debacle around them trying to trade for AD. Nah. And that just destroyed the chemistry the in the, the day, team. Like that's exactly what the Pelicans wanted. They just wanted to piss them off. But the Lakers got what they wanted, and they got a fourth pick in the draft to. to yeah, in the it. end, the Lakers won. Like because yeah. they got who they wanted. They, they got, got they Davis. Got the best so they blew up last year. Basically, if it doesn't pay off for them, well, I'll be very surprised. But he's going to have to beat Father Time, LeBron. Like it's, you know, that's kind of why I think he will probably defer to Anthony Davis more this year, and that that will, should see in the latter stage of his career. It's, it's 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 pertinent that he gets a player that you know who's mm. up the top as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think LeBron will defy father time to the point where he's a father playing with his son in the NBA. Yeah. So I think he's got at least another four years in him. And he'll play his last year will be his son's rookie year. Um, mm. But we'll have to wait. There's a few more episodes under the belt before we get to that stage. Yeah. Um, Christ, imagine if we're still on air then. Um, career, career assist year for LeBron James, yes or no? Yes. Career assist year. So he, he what's his career average as assist? I wouldn't know. Probably around eight, seven point eight to eight point five. Uh, yeah, he probably. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. I suppose if I'm going to pick Davis as a as an MVP, he's going to have to get the ball from somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, so probably. Yeah, okay. I'll say yes. So yeah, yeah, I think this year will be one of the first years where seven point two. Yeah, probably overs the, um, the two top assist men in the league aren't going to be. Traditional backcourt players, so Simmons and LeBron. Simmons and LeBron, yeah, yeah but potentially, I, I, yeah. but they're both point guards. Yeah, just that they're not, they're not, yeah, they're just very big. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, they're not John Stockton type point guards. I, yeah, I think I think LeBron can and will lead the league in assists, and I actually think quietly that's a bit of a goal for him. Mm, yeah, and that's, that's one, one of the things true. he hasn't achieved yet mm. uh, in his career. Um, yeah, and you've got Defensive Player of the Year. Who's your pick for that? Defensive player of the year. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, I actually probably think it will go to a 76er. I think probably yep. Ben Simmons. Yep. Yep. I think it's probably an award that he. he that wants. He's a very good. He, he he'd be a very he'd be a big potential to win. Yeah. Yep. I feel like he'll go after that more than he'll go after a three point shot. Yeah. Fair, uh, yep. Understandable. I don't know if I give you my finals prediction, but I had uh, Philly and the Bucks in the East. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think I said it. We said it before. Lakers, yeah, he basically said Lakers to beat Philadelphia right. in um, seven. Nugget, games. did you tell us who you think is going to be in the finals? I don't think you did. Same finals, uh, except for the that was my bold prediction that it would be Dallas Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you have it, eh? And so, what do you think? It, so. Let me ask you a little bit about well, before we well, the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? One point three billion of them. The Chinese. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese. So yeah. let's just um, for a lot of people that may not be down with this. Uh, if you're an NBA fan, you're pretty pretty well versed on it. Yeah. Uh, but in the last week, uh, NBA had their big preseason showcase in China. They sent um, you know a few teams over. Had yep. lo- lots of things going on. Um, but the Rockets general manager tweeted a Daryl Morey. Yep. 
um, you know, tweeted a pro um, Hong Kong awareness tweet, I guess. Mm. Um, and then these these Chinese people who um, must live in a massive outrage culture found great offence in that tweet <laughs> yeah. and basically threatened to um, pull all their support for the NBA yep. financially and you know physically yep. from not only that event in China, but for good. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting you say massive outrage culture because that, that probably does seem like a massive overreaction for us. Well, I think that the Chinese people, the actions of their government in Hong Kong, they're very passionate about. And and they probably don't even know what actually happens because it's a state-run media. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the, but the amount of propaganda they're fed would be It's well, an interesting one. I, like, and LeBron James has just basically thrown fuel on the fire by his comments earlier this week around saying that basically, you know, Daryl Murray spoke in a in an uneducated way and probably shouldn't have said what he said and it was unnecessary. I think what LeBron I actually think what LeBron was trying to say was was that Daryl Murray could probably say whatever he wants, but it it was a bit of shit timing because they were yeah. about to go. LeBron was more filthy with the fact that he and his teammates had to sit through basic isolation in China because they weren't sure how the public were going to react. That's what he would... When they went over there, but like... That would be know. his opinion to be perceived by the public. Yeah. But, um, you know, the amount of money that rides on Chinese income for these players and endorsements well, and stuff is, is massive. Well, I don't think... Like, I, honestly, like... And I'm happy to go on record as saying this. I kind of find LeBron James to probably be one of the most disingenuine... St- like, as in... A lot of what he does is man- a manufactured performance. Yes. Like, he's, I, I, I he's, love him, but no, I have to agree. O- he's off that. the like, his whole life is a is a production. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that whole Taco Tuesday bullshit that he does on Instagram, and then he tried to tried to to copyright it. You know, the all of his Instagram posts, his social media stuff. The even the barbershop stuff that he does, like all of the media stuff and the production of movies and all that sort of stuff, he loves the production factor. He loves telling a story. He loves the Hollywood kind of story. Yeah. And so, I actually think he really wants to actually, um, you know, like be liked and you know, it's a stage managed production basically yeah. in his life. So, yeah. you know, I think he, yeah, he, I don't. I don't think he should speak off the cuff. Doesn't no, seem right. to work very well. Um, he lost a lot of respect and uh, a few fans from that, which is disappointing. When you know you're you're staying woke and Black Lives Matter and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, uh, you know, which you know, man, you can you're allowed you're allowed a, uh, an opinion and free speech is a thing and absolutely, you know, these guys have platforms, but uh, you know, it's just you got to make sure that you're consistent with how how you use it and you yeah, but you know, it, but you know, the other side of the coin is, you know, is it their responsibility to then meddle and lend opinions on international affairs from another another country? I don't think it's I don't think it's anyone's responsibility to do that except for people that are in the media as a profession and and governments of today, right? Yeah. But like um but that's in terms of a responsibility, but I don't think it means that you can't do it. No, no. Like I don't like I think a lot of these the guys have, is, have more like, of a, a platform. I, I, hate, I hate that term, but this all kind of comes back to this. All does kind of come back to 
a little bit about you being like it's a bit like saying to Daryl Morey and LeBron James, read the room, fellas, read the room, right? Yeah. Like, as in Daryl Morey works for an organization that clearly earns a lot of money out of China, right? Yeah. He absolutely has the right to free speech and he can say whatever he wants. But if we're going to crucify Israel Folau for saying something offensive and take a contract off him for saying something offensive, then the reality probably is we should support the fact that Daryl Morey probably doesn't belong in the NBA anymore. Yeah. He probably can't have the, that, that position of responsibility because I work for a company that's got a social media policy, which means I can't get online and say, do you know what's fucked about this? That, you know what I mean? Like if it references, you know, basically the markets and the organization that my, that, that oh, sorry, the markets and, and my organization, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't, I'm just not allowed to do that. And, you know, Daryl Murray probably, he probably shouldn't have tweeted that sort of stuff, but it doesn't mean he can't as long as he's prepared to hand his $10 million a year check as GM back in. I find it quite funny that people are saying, how could you be so stupid to post this and he wasn't aware? Like, I, I'm of a different opinion that he was fully well aware of what he was posting and when he was doing it and the timing. Mm. Um, and it was definitely intentional because the NBA was in China. So making a tweet like that is obviously going to bring attention to that situation. Well, that's um, like it. That's what doesn't make sense to me in the sense of I agree that he... Well, if he wasn't fully well aware of, of, of any of that, then maybe his self-awareness needs questioning. Well, Because I'm not really just talking about... When I say the organisation he works for makes a lot of money out of China, the team he works for... So not in the NBA, I'm talking, highly about, I'm talking about team. the Houston Rockets. They've got the closest ties to China. Yeah. And he's the GM. It's like your Which best customer. Which actually makes me think that... I, I, my, my personal belief is that Daryl Morey um, believes, or already has, one foot out of the door there yeah. in, in Houston. I think given, you know, his you know, roster moves and this and that, <coughs> just basically trying to, you know You think he's trying to force an outcome. Trying to force an outcome, whether it be championship or bust. And I think this is the last roll of the dice with this Russell Westbrook uh, Westbrook trade. Mm. Um, you know, management have, have got rid of, you know, all Dan Tony's staff by bar a couple. The coach didn't want that to happen. Yeah. He the coach didn't want to let Chris Paul go. Um, so Maury's done all this stuff. Um, so I think this is a, you know, I'm, I'm out of here mm. um, and we either win or I'm out of here before we win or, you know, and, and then this, this stuff, um, you know, tweeting what he did. If you wanted to keep your job, you know, you think twice about about doing it. So yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think his tweet was intentional and I think this is the last year he'll be with the Rockets mm. and it's a matter of whether he'll make it to the end of the year or not. Yep, could do. It'll be interesting to see. Anyway, it was interesting I, that, big that the owner of the team, Tillman Fertitta, came out and said that um, Daryl Morey doesn't speak for, yeah. the, for the Rockets. But you know what? Like if I was the chairman yeah, of a company, if, if I was the chairman of that company, that's exactly what I would say too. I would say, well, individual employees don't express the opinion of the company, and this individual employee, like you know, probably needs to, given his high profile and the high profile nature of his position. Probably needs to measure his social media use. Yeah. That's not because I want to get rid of him, but that's just probably what he has to do. Massive shitstorm. you've got to read the room. Let's take the over and under on the blowover. Will it? <laughs> will this issue blow over by the third week of the season, yes or no? Uh, it's Whenever you start playing real basketball or real sport, like controversies like this tend to fade away a little bit. Um, I don't think the situation in Hong Kong is going anywhere, and I think the fact that 
LeBron said what he said gave the protesters another like it's like it's like another piece of fuel, another fuel cell, right? Like it meant that they were back in the spotlight. So I don't think it'll go away that quickly. The best outcome is that uh, China fuck off and Hong Kong just becomes an independent state. And just so we know, those views and opinions are Streeties on his own and not those of Sports and Spit as an organisation. <laughs> Correct. I'm going to take the creators of South Park, what they tweeted straight after it, which was, uh, like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and our hearts. We too love money more than freedom and democracy. <laughs> Xi doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. I hope this year's uh, autumn's harvest will be bountiful. We good now, China? (laughs) 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 Uh, Those boys are still winning. Ah, That's fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to the season. Yes, yes. And now, um, as the NBA season is about to tip off, the NBL season has tipped off and a couple of our guys... Teams are over there playing pre-season games. Yeah. Um, I just want to say Chris Gording has been lighting it up over there, going very well. Um, dropping a couple of 20-point games. Yeah, he had two 20-point games or two 20-plus point games. Do you think, 25 today. Do you think he's, an, he's a chance to pick up a two-way contract and play NBA this year and leave Melbourne United halfway through the NBL season? No, not a chance. After the NBL season? No, nah, not a chance. Don't think he's good enough to make a late season roster. Maybe a ten day contract like old Creaky. Just uh, I think I, I think out. he's probably a shot at that. If he comes out blazing, I, I so do you know I uh, my yeah, my thought is based on um, not the fact that Chris wouldn't have an opportunity to do that if he put his hand up. I actually don't know that he'd put his hand up for it. Yeah. I, I'm actually not sure he'd want to do it. One I, thing that like uh, I don't know, like I don't know that it would be worth enough money to put himself through that. I think his focus will be on making that team for the Tokyo 2020 yeah. Olympics. Um, that's like that was that's what I believe he'll do after the NBA put up NBL numbers. season. Um, the one thing that that did concern me, uh, even from his game against the Clippers, where he had 16 in the first half, I think six of those shots were long mid-range two-pointers, which a bit of a no-no in the NBA game these days. Yep. Like a fake on the, you know, one, one dribble shoot, which is, you know, two points is two points. But yep. analytically, that's probably the least popular shot that, that think, you want to be taking. <clears throat> I think, you know, actually, like uh, we saw the World Cup that Chris had as a really big bonus, right? Because he tended, like, he seemed to add in, in that World Cup a bit of a dribble drive game yep. aspect to his game, I should say. Um, and he caught some people off guard. Actually, in the NBA, it's a little bit like we've spoken about before. I think Chris's best shot, if he wanted to make the NBA, is to work on his three-point shooting yeah. and be a really good three-point shooter. Because yeah. actually, I think he's a good three-point shooter, not a really good three-point shooter. He's a poor yeah. man's Evan Fournier. Yeah. That's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I actually think that um, like, it's great to see an Australian have a little bit of success against an NBA team, yeah. but I don't think these days that means that you are then a shot of actually getting a contract. So yeah. um, my firm vote is no. And uh, lastly, are you impressed with LaMelo Ball's start to the NBL season? I am for an 18-year-old kid yeah, in I'm a man's like, league. Wow, yeah, like, he's going um, good. So yes, I am. Uh, very much so when you consider his age. Um, I fear that... Uh, that that whole scenario is not going to end well. 
um, because I feel like the wheels are falling off that team as we speak. Mm. But but I don't actually think that that's Lam- like what's his name Lamelo. Yep, Lamelo yep. balls. Lamelo balls fault I, because because actually I just think the mix of that team is wrong. You know, I don't think because they're in because they've just got no money to rub together the Hawks. They kind of okay. These are the guys we've got on off contract, and these are the guys we're looking for. And then then the opportunity to sign Lamelo came up. And that meant you had another point guard. And anyway, it's all a bit of a mix, a chemistry disaster down there. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, but yes, I'm very impressed. Glad he's he's created a lot lot of interest for a kid. And I'm not sure anyone else in the world could have done what he's done. Yeah. Um, And now is it RJ Hampton? He kicks off his season this week with a double header for the Breakers. So play Sydney Kings tomorrow. Play Sydney tomorrow, and then they play Sydney again on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Back in New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares. I hope he did RJ, okay against um, the NBA teams. I hope RJ um, got a you know Qantas frequent flyer or a, a, a associate frequent flyer. Well, I actually program. think that RJ is actually probably better than Ball at this stage. I, have, I actually haven't seen him play, mm. um, but yeah, NBL getting some publicity, which is fantastic. It is absolutely all right. Well, well that my friends is it. That's the NBA season preview for 2019-2020. Nugget, thanks for coming along, mate. I'll be sure to be spamming the Sports and Spit Facebook page with some NBA content whilst I'm over there. Um, And then we'll try and put together maybe a podcast (coughs) while we're there. Yep. Um, I'll use my many credentials as a you know well-known podcaster <laughs> in yep. the sporting world. Good idea. Yeah, we've got thirty-two episodes, mate. If you don't That's let me right. in, then I'll, I'll, what else? I'll do got? my very best to get into a um, media room. Okay. Well, I actually do have a connection uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Do? Yep. Guy called Nathaniel Butler. He's the official NBA photographer. I was oh, yeah, right. in touch with him when he was out here with Team USA. Oh yeah. For the tour um, before the World Cup. Nice. And. Uh, we exchanged some pleasantries in a good manner. Yep. So I'll be back in contact with him. Is that s- your terminology for you slid into his DMs? Oh, I actually did slide in, slide, and he slid back. Did he? Yeah. So it was good. Um, Jesus, I'm not so sure. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll get in touch with him again, and I'll see if. Um, Sounds like you want to get into his panic room more than you want to get into the. Media Tell you what, room. I want to get. I want to get baseline with a camera just to. Yeah, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Down. That would be fun. That's anyway, it. maybe you should try the photographer angle more than you should try the. Podcast angle. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> a bit more accomplished, eh? Yeah, exactly. We yeah. got slightly, yeah, no offense to us, but you got a few better things going on there. <laughs> yeah. All right. No worries, right everyone. Um, we'd love to hear and see your NBA predictions. So um, we'll make a post and you can comment back with your predictions for MVP, champions, storyline. And uh, what's the other one we did? The defensive player of the year. Yeah, but what. Um, Bold statements, bold that's the thing. one. Your bold statements. Uh, yeah. Just come anyway, Slide into our DMs anytime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, slide into my DMs. That's uh, Toby Crisp at Instagram. And just look for us on any good podcast app while searching Sports and Spit. So a lot of guys. Adios, amigos.